0: Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. This podcast will seek to define and explain this important question from multiple points of view. We will interview owners, breeders, caregivers, defenders, advocates, champions, and educators. The mission of my podcast is to seek and foster collaborative conversations where every point of view feels heard, acknowledged, and appreciated. I look forward to you joining me on this journey toward a better understanding of each other. It is possible to have an impossible conversation. It starts with listening for common ground first. I am so glad you're here listening in with me. Now let's see what my next guest has to say. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton, and I'm so grateful that you're here again for another episode of Why Do Pets Matter? Today, I am thrilled to have my dear friend and a phenomenal veterinarian, Dr. Deirdre Caramonte. She is the Director of Clinical Education for the Assisi Animal Health Group, which has so many amazing products for your pets that you just are going to want to check it out. It's Assisi Animal Health and I want you to check it out but before we go any further I want to welcome you Deirdre for being here on Why Do Pets Matter. Thanks for having me. I am so grateful because we are in the midst of COVID and my friend and I have just had a little bit of chat before we came on saying we're really glad we're out of the city and we may never go back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Deirdre why do pets matter to you?
1: Uh, You know, I can't imagine life without pets. I grew up, uh, and I think by the age of five or six, I had a dog. And since then, uh, I think I've only been petless uh, within the home for about one month last year. And I realized that uh, they're part of my daily routine. Uh, When I come home at night, they're waiting by the door, uh, eager to see me um, which is phenomenal. And, uh, we go to sleep together. We wake up together. Um, one of us cleans up the house, but, uh, I get so much, um, I think just, you know, with everything that's going on these days, it's just something that I know that's honest and pure, um, and heartfelt.
0: You know, it's so true because, while we've all been home, I know you know the statistics, all the dogs have been out of sh- taken out of shelters. Um, but it really has come to the fore that pets have created a stability during this time of difficulty. And I know you and I have always noticed that the dogs, cats, birds, horses have created stability in our lives. But now more than ever, um, and if anyone's watching the video, Dr. Deirdre has this beautiful white cat that I love, and I'm going to have to find out how I can steal it because I love cats. So do you find now even more? I mean, we all believe that they were such important members of our family, but now more than ever, don't you think?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I uh, After relocating out of New York City, uh, I started uh, working at an animal shelter And then COVID hit and the adoptions went through the roof, which is just lovely. Um, And there's so many other stories we could probably talk for six hours about all of that. Um, But it really was after hearing about all the shelters and all the animals that don't make it out of shelters, it really was very um, heartwarming to me that we couldn't barely keep a kitten or a puppy in. And even the old dogs, uh, we rescued a bunch of dogs from the south and uh, they all get adopted. All. So uh, that's very good to me. So my cat has given me googly eyes because she has googly eyes.
0: <laughs> I know, but she's so cute. It, it's interesting that all of the animals found their person. And I know there is some fear from some rescues and shelters that when the people go back to work, the animals are going to come back to the shelters. But I don't know how you feel, and I'm going to ask you in a minute how you feel about that, but I think that the pets, number one, if we support the owners to figure out how to take care of the pets once they go back to work, they won't come back. But secondly, if the pets have lived with people for a certain amount of time, they may be even more adoptable than they would have been had they sat in the shelter for this past six months.
1: Yeah, so... um... There, there's a lot of themes uh, and there's been a couple recent articles. One, I think New York times, one wall street journal. And, um, the nice thing I think is during this time with all the adoptions, people really got to focus on their animals cause they were home. Uh, so, you know, we knew the owners knew when something was wrong. Um, and we sort of make, um, a, a big deal out of telling people, you know, eventually when COVID is gone and we can all be unleashed you know, don't remember your friend who sort of grew up with you. Um, and so that's really important. Uh, the lovely thing, um, and not to be a promotional kind of person, but, uh, that's one of the fantastic technologies about Assisi is they actually have a, a medical device for separation anxiety. Um, but, uh, everybody can go and Google that cause it's actually pretty fascinating.
0: Oh, well, I don't mind at all because I always ask people what they do in the medical community. And I know you were a veterinarian and I know that you are the director of clinical education, but quite frankly, Assisi not only has a device that helps shelter animals pre-COVID get adopted because it relieves anxiety, but they also have things that if you take your dog out um, and you're doing way too much with it because it's either very young or very old and it gets a little creaky, it also has um, the CC Loop, which provides um, so many levels of care that's way above my pay grade, but you have done so much research um, and education about it. I'd love for everyone, because why do pets matter? Because we want to make sure they feel good at home, which is the calmer canine, and they're comfortable when they get older, whether or, or when they hurt themselves when they're young with the loop. So tell us a little bit more, because I know that you are the walking encyclopedia, because this was these were your babies and you love them. Yep. Uh, So the technology is actually uh, tested on
1: humans before we got to use it in the veterinary market, which is very lovely. Uh, There are guinea pigs for a change, but it's FDA cleared for um, post-operative soft tissue pain and inflammation. And what I really love about this technology is that uh, you can't feel it. uh, You can't taste it. It's extremely safe. um, But all of the human research we were able to reproduce multiple uh, aspects of of its wonderfulness in the veterinary community. So much less pain, much less edema, uh, biomarkers reduced, which is important for if we want to uh, track, predict, etc. cetera. Um, but one of the even more beautiful things is that it um, reduced the need by almost 50% for opioids in both humans and pets. So again, in one of those you know ugly times in um, our lives where opioid addiction uh, has been an issue, uh, this technology has proven to reduce the need for um, for that and they actually did yet another human study just released and actually one uh, the, the poster was accepted I think at a vascular surgeon meeting to actually reduce the reliance on opioids and also cut short hospital stays, which you know the insurance companies are going to be all about.
0: Absolutely. And we don't yet have as good insurance for pets as we do for humans. Um, We were talking about that on the vet partner conference today about how to educate pet owners about the benefits of insurance when it comes to doing ACLs or anything like that. There's a real place for pet insurance and we don't really recognize how important it is to get that. But for, for, the animal that's injured and edema for those who don't know, cause I'm a lawyer and, and Dr. Deirdre's a, a doctor. So she of course knows, but that's, I think, swelling, right? So it reduces yes. swelling and an inflammation, which is what you want to do after surgery or after an injury, you want to reduce that so that people can understand and the pets can understand they feel better. Um, but the thing that really has been remarkable, um, and we'll help the pets once, even the pets who weren't taken from the shelter, right, Deirdre? Because now we've been home for however many months. And when I leave, I know that Roxy's going to have a nervous breakdown because she doesn't like being alone. And my other young dog's going to go down to North Carolina, and he's going to learn how to hunt. And when she's alone, I might need a calmer canine to keep her from having separation anxiety. So tell everybody a little bit more about that, because this is like the most remarkable thing it has given pets who formerly would be turned into a shelter or not adopted from a shelter, a chance at really living a pretty normal life.
1: Yes, analogy to the ACC loop. Uh, they just changed one parameter of its signal to actually target the amygdala, which is the anxiety center in the brain. And um, they started doing this research actually at Harvard. Uh, so we borrowed, um, from what they learned and applied it to our uh, pilot study. And it's just been really wonderful that, um, we were able to reduce, that we were able to in the 10 studies. And it was such a fascinating study because the owners actually had to set up video cameras and one dog in particular, I love the story uh, was a little white dog owned by a dog trainer. So you knew that she knew what she was doing, but every time the owner would leave the house, the dog would pace, just circle in front of the door and wait for the owner to come home, would sit on the couch. Um, but also he would bark. And in the country, when the houses are spaced far apart, who cares if, you know, you hear some barking, but in a place like New York city or any other metropolitan city, when you're stacked 27 floors and eight feet apart, Barking is really a big thing, so this dog they counted so it sent all the videos are sent to an independent uh, examiner, and they counted that this dog in one hour after the owner left, barked over eight hundred times. I couldn't even imagine counting that many barks without losing my mind. Imagine the dog's throat and her neighbor's but uh, so after doing just two treatments a day, which are fifteen minutes, just wearing the loop on the head like a little halo, uh, it went down I think, to three barks that was it. And the dog was able to actually relax, actually fell asleep on the floor, not even facing the door. So it's really been quite amazing. And the other thing, like, obviously, I'm a veterinarian. Uh, I am an internist. I do rehabilitation. I'm about pain management. And pain management, number one, is Im- imperative because if what we have learned is that if you don't stop acute pain, not only does it become chronic pain, but it becomes maladaptive pain. So it just takes a little bit of an insult to create a huge painful response. And then that sets off all these other neurovascular, neuromediators, neuro mediators, you name it, um, to the brain. And it's just sort of hardwired then to become this circuitry, which is abnormal. And what they found by using uh, this technology, because it's a device and not a medication targeting actually anxiety signals, um, that just in all these dogs, six weeks of treatment, um, that uh, they were actually able to decrease all of the negative behaviors, majority of them, and they didn't need the device after six weeks. So it was able to neuromodulate back to the, un, to the healthy wiring of the brain which is really like i get shivers every time i talk about it so um, i just love it if anybody can hop on our website um it's really wonderful
0: it's a cc animal health we're going to include it in the notes of the podcast but it's a ccanimalhealth.com right yes yeah Uh, just like saint francis of uh that's how you find them and i have to say that as you're sitting here talking i'm thinking wouldn't it be great if some people would then switch off and use it, because a lot of us are living in our amygdala right now instead of our prefrontal cortex because of COVID. it wouldn't it be great, 15 minutes you watch the news in the morning, 15 minutes you watch the news at night, who knows? I mean, it probably hasn't been tried on people, but I would think that sometimes with the stress that all of us are under, uh, it might do a good job.
1: Yep, yep. I do use my loop, uh, since it is FDA-cleared, um, I don't use a calmer canine yet. Maybe after COVID I will need it. Um, but it's FDA cleared.
0: So every yeah, time it, was a, days, a it was a human product before it became ready for the veterinarians, correct? Yes. Yes. So it was already FDA cleared. And then I have to tell everyone the amount of study and research that CC animal health went through to make sure that everything they were saying was done. They have, how many white papers? Like hundreds right
1: oh yeah um and my favorite studies where um they took women who had undergone uh, mastectomies uh radical mastectomies and then mastectomies with tram flaps and they got um either an active loop or a, a sham loop a non-working loop and it was actually just wrapped right into the bandage and it self-turns on and off which is also a wonderful thing um but they measured uh with pain scoring that's how we do uh measuring pain in animals and humans, pain scoring um, 50% less than women who had the active device. Uh, They measured the draining fluid, the edematous fluid um, in all the women, again, more than 50% less. They actually measured some inflammatory mediators uh, within that also more than 50% reduced. And lastly, uh, because I don't get this part, I would like to stay ahead of pain because it's easier to prevent something than fix it. Uh, but they made women ask for, uh, they were called. Perc- they were using Percocet in those studies. And the women who had the active medical device asked for 50% less, half as much of the opioid uh, than the women who had the sham. And again, I'm going to go back because I always like tying it back, but these women had lower pain scores with much less opioid. So it yeah. had like a quadruple effect. And that's what we found in our study. And then in the recent the new human study that um they were doing vast chest surgery also a painful
0: uh thing. anything that you open up anything is forget it yeah yeah so this is fabulous information and i know that why do pets matter always brings things to the fore that help your pet so if you are with a vet and your pet is having surgery or having pain just ask him about the assisi loop and if he doesn't know send him the link CCLoop.com. loop.com um, and i just want to also say that dr deirdre is working with the hudson valley rescue uh, that's how she got involved with seeing all these dogs during covid leave the shelter uh tell us a little bit more there are more dogs coming in did you bring them up from the south i know now um not to ruin my evergreen of of my why do pets matter but we're expecting uh, a very bad hurricane uh in the gulf of mexico and so i'm thinking that probably uh, some dogs were taken out and moved north
1: Yes, we got a bunch of, we keep getting dogs from the South. This has been a family rescue, a uh, second generation now. Um, and what I love about it is the rate of turnover for the staff has, is very low, which is also really important if you're talking about, A, working culture. together in a stressful environment. It's um, a
0: culture, yep, and yep. support. And
1: if you, it's not that they kind of no, they've gotten so good at interviewing people, Um, somehow I slipped through, um, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, you
0: know, that bad apple always slips through every once in a while.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, but the same with dogs, uh, they really, there's one person. It's actually, uh, Sam who's now runs it. Uh, she does every adoption and she, you know, to adopt something, uh, you have to do an application. There's no pressure, but you know, they want to see, you know are you in a home or an apartment? Like what, what is going to be a good pet for your environment? Um, references. I hear on the phone checking in references where, you know, I think America's gotten kind of sloppy with that very rarely. If I put in for a job, do do I hear anybody calling my references? Um, I'm sure you'd be one for me. Um, but they also have had, because they've been in the business for so long, all these groups down south. So we have rescued quite a few mom dogs, uh, that give birth. Uh, they got a bunch of dogs actually in from Puerto Rico. Um, and because vets are essential and what was interesting during COVID is they, they said nothing elective should happen. So, um, pretty much depends on what you think is elective. I do not think that vaccines are elective uh, because if that was the article, I think in the wall street journal, that there's been a spike in parvovirus down South because a lot of the vets were closed and not doing vaccines. That to me is essential. Yep. Um, socializing animals. If you do not socialize an animal, uh, then they're a rebellious teen. Uh, so that's really important. Um, so, uh, and if you don't spay or neuter that cat, there's going to be 7,200 of them by the time COVID is done from that one cat, Uh, Instead of spaying them. So uh, we just kept our head to the ground, uh, did curbside veterinary medicine, took care of emergencies. um, And, you know, I I just think that uh, it needed to be done.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I work with a TNR group up in a village a little north of here, and they were shut down uh, from the beginning of COVID until probably July, and the amount of cats that were born during that, even though they have been TNRing for a very long time, you just need two only, really, and then you have 22. Well, I have, yeah, yeah. And then you have 48 and then you, yeah, it it really, it is amazing. And I think that um, for spay and and neuter, it's important. And for vaccinations, I know Maryland has a huge outbreak of rabies now. So um, it's really worrisome there. Uh, you, You know, things are, things were left alone. So we were all home, no, it was amazing. I don't know about where you live, but where I live, there are a ton of chipmunks and there are a ton of squirrels because there were no cars on the road. And so the right. usual attrition of squirrels and and uh, chipmunks did not occur. And I have to say that I probably should get a calmer canine um, and put it on Junie's head when I'm walking him, because um, when I first started walking them, and I don't know if you've ever found this, but when I first started walking them, uh, they were beautifully mannered and wonderful and didn't bother with other dogs and walked very nicely on the end of a leash. And then they got bored and now whatever squirrel bird, it could be a sparrow and it's a bird, it's a flying object. So I have to bark as if I'm going to, you know, kill it. It's great. I love it. Uh, so it really is a different time for the animals as much as it is, a different time for us. So before we go, I do want to touch on the one thing. So we both have, I had a horse who's now, he earned his wings, but you still have a horse. So not only are you a vet for, you know, small animals doing this, but you also own a horse. And I'm not sure that you do regular vet on a horse, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that you own a horse.
1: Yes. Um, no, I thought about it, but really, um, I think you know it's called practice for a, for a reason. You know you have to do it often and well uh, to be good at it. And um, since I've relocated back to the area where I grew up, I still have my horse vet from when I was much younger. Um, and I loved Pirate him. Doing- six
0: years ago, right? Uh-huh. Yep. A young horse.
1: <laughs> but um, just going back to those times. There was no chiropractic medicine, right? There was uh, there was no saddle fitters running around. So now that we have all that. Um, my, uh, Morgan, who I love dearly, um, he's living up to his name, super freak. He's just an anxious, anxious horse. So after, um, years of, uh, gabapentin, robaxin, injections, chiropractic, uh, you name it, he had everything more than I did. That's for sure. Um, and that was before the calmer canine came out. So we are going to attempt uh, to, to enroll him in a calmer canine study
0: yeah and see if it really will help it because it makes it makes so much sense when you said that it reduced the amount of medications the animals take which people like to do first of all because oh, yeah. of the side effects yeah. uh, they get constipated like humans right so it gets yeah. to be not so good and um the, the expense, the expense itself and, and the toll it takes on the other organs in their body. But, you know, that's beside the point, but to be able to have a treatment that you use for six weeks that then you may never have to use again, or maybe, you know, if something bothers them, you bring it back for another session, but six weeks, uh, you know, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night, it's phenomenal. So, Why do pets matter? Let me think. The first thing that you said, I I love to wrap up at the end, but the first thing was that they're honest and pure, um, and they just really provide you with um, an eagerness to see you, and it's a daily routine. I know that my routine, walking my dogs, really saves me every single day. Um, It's phenomenal that you are working now for the Hudson Valley um, Animal Rescue Society. I think that's the correct name, right? Animal Rescue and Sanctuary. Sanctuary, Animal Rescue and Sanctuary. Um, And so they've been able to find new homes and really be up on checking. So that's really great. So it's great to be able to shout out to them. Um, The Loop and the Calmer Canine have been amazing to help animals live their best lives. You know, heal from injuries, heal from surgery, um, and really get adopted Because I know you've donated a number of the calmer calmer canines to shelters so that dogs that are really... Because sometimes really normal dogs get really anxious at shelters. I don't know why. The noise, the smell, the fear. um, So it gives them the opportunity to be be adopted. But I love the piece about um, the amygdala because I talk about that in my programs where if you just stop and breathe... Which we can't tell our dogs or cats or birds or horses to do. You can sometimes right. switch from the amygdala, the fight, flight, or fear, right. into the prefrontal cortex, and not make a big conflict out of something. Um, but it's hard to do. And now that you've got the calmer canine, it short circuits that you know, and and creates the ability to make it. a a deeper connection. So I'm just, I'm so grateful you were here. I I'd love to have you back again. I know you're really busy. And now with the kids, maybe going to school, maybe not, um, you traveling to the city, maybe not, uh, things going crazy. I know it's busy, but I would love to have you back. And if there's any last thing you want to share on why do pets matter, um, to you, let me know.
1: Hmm. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, no, I, uh, I am lucky. I, uh, when I mentioned that I was petless last year for about a month. I had two senior Persian boys, um, who, uh, who died. And, uh, I was, I would say I was lucky
0: enough. I'm sorry. Inconsolable.
1: Yeah. So I was lucky enough, um, that these two, uh, sister Persians had been dumped at the, um, at a different shelter, uh, up here. And, uh, I had insomnia one night and there was Facebook live with uh, Maisie and Chloe. Um, and I waited a week, making sure that, you know, I'm sure they're going to get a home. I'm sure they're going to get a home. And when I, I went to go look at them, they said, no, they're still here. <laughs> um, and uh, I said, oh, you know, what am I doing? These are 12 and 13 years old. Um, but those are the ones, the seniors, you know, a puppy's cute, a kitten's cute. And if you can get the owners over the, they are a lot of work part. I, they have a forever home. It's the seniors that people don't want to get invested in. So I would say go out and rescue a senior. Um, because, uh, these two girls have, uh, you know, when we go away, my kids, you know, we love them to death. We miss them. My kids want to come home and just see the pets before, you know, going out again. Um, so it's taught them some valuable lessons, uh, when there's no routine during this past six months, uh, Pets are routine makers, so.
0: They really are. They truly are. I mean, I go out and walk the dogs twice a day and it is my routine and I won't miss it. So Deirdre, Dr. Deirdre Caramonte, thank you so much for coming. She is the director of clinical education at ACCAnimalHealth.com. Don't forget to go check it out. And I hope you'll come back because I would love to chat some more, especially about what you said at the end, because I think, senior animals and senior people would do themselves a lot of good if we could figure out how to mentor or how to help so that they all can stay together. Because I think being able to have an animal to live with who you might not be able to clean their litter box or you might not be able to walk but then high school students could get a job and come over and walk so we'll talk about that next time but until then this is deborah hamilton thank you so much for coming deirdre and you've been listening to why do pets matter and i thank you so much for being here and i can't wait to talk to you again take care You've been listening to the podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. Do you have a great idea or guest or topic that you'd like me to cover? Write me at hamiltonlawandmediation.com or email me at whydopetsmatterpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, our pets do matter. Thank you for being here with me.